See, we all have things we're passionate about. And because we're passionate about them, we just assume or expect that those are important things to Jesus too, right? And whether you're a Jesus follower or not, we expect Jesus to be for the things we are for and against the things we are against. And if we do that, we try to fit Jesus into the lives we already want or trying to create for ourselves. It's not really that we're following Jesus, is it? Welcome to another episode of Together for Salem. Monica, Aaron, our basement, Salem. Shalom, everybody. Greetings on behalf of Cross Creek Community Church here in Salem. We're just saying hi. And sup, podcasters? Sup. If you're listening to us, and hi if you're watching us, you can see me waving. Mm -hmm. What's going on this week? This week we are in part three. Is that right? I think it's four. No, it's part four yeah. of Rethink. Sorry, we took the Independence Weekend or whatever. Right off so we're a little thrown off thrown all wackadoo this is part four um and yeah john's going to talk about trading a little bit of trading mm. and i'm not talking about pokemon cards are you talking about baseball cards no oh <laughs> okay uh so we look forward to part four mm -hmm. of uh this series if you haven't watched the other ones they're online for you you can check those out and we're going to come back on the other side with some announcements mm -hmm. announcements that's right yep and uh, a couple other things. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're gonna pass it over to John and then we'll see you on the flippity flip. See you in a bit. So we all have our own interpretations of what it means to follow Jesus. And whether you believe Jesus rose from the dead or not, the interesting thing is most of us believe our personal agendas are in line with Jesus' purpose. Unfortunately, most of us are wrong, including me. See, we all have things we're passionate about, and we're passionate about them because either it's from our own personality or our culture or our upbringing or our education or whatever. And because we're passionate about them, because we are passionate about them, we just assume or expect that those are important things to Jesus too, right? And whether you're a Jesus follower or not, we expect Jesus to be for the things we are for and against the things we are against, right? Like we, Republicans assume Jesus is for all the things that the Republicans are for and Democrats assume Jesus is for all the things the Democrats are for or against all the things Democrats are against, um, we, we want to get married or, or have a family or have a certain career. And so we assume that, well, of course, Jesus wants that for me too. He wants me to have my best life now. Uh, the interesting thing is with economics, right? You see this when people start talking about economics and they throw a Jesus in the mix for some reason, they're convinced that Jesus is, is a capitalist or obviously not. I mean, look what he says in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is a socialist, right? We're all convinced Jesus is for the things we're for and against the things we're against. See, we try to fit following Jesus into the lives we are already trying to create for ourselves. And if we do that, we try to fit Jesus into the lives we already want and trying to create for ourselves. It's not really that we're following Jesus, is it? See, at best, we're, we're accessorizing our lives, the lives we're trying to create for ourselves with, with some Jesus sprinkled in. And at worst, we're using him to get the lives we think we want. 
And so the reason we're doing this series is that we need to rethink what it really means to follow Jesus in the 21st century. And this idea of of using Jesus, of trying to fit Jesus into our agendas, of trying to force Jesus into our, our model, is nothing new. People were trying to do that in the first century too. Some people wanted Jesus to bring back proper temple religion and worship. Others wanted Jesus to be a military leader that would, that would kick Rome out. And others just wanted Jesus to, to feed them, to redo that miracle of feeding the 5,000. In fact, even Jesus' closest followers, the, the 12 disciples, assumed Jesus' purpose lined up with their agendas. We actually find a perfect example in what we call the book or the gospel of Mark. It's basically Peter's, Mark was one of Peter's translators, uh, Peter's eyewitness account of Jesus' life. And we, we see uh, Peter's view of what it was like to be with Jesus in that. And in this account that I want to look at, what just happened is Jesus takes his 12 guys out and he says, hey, who are people saying I am? Who do people think I am? And they're like, oh, you're John the Baptist. You're, you know, reincarnated. You're, you're one of, you're a great prophet. And Jesus says, well, what about you guys? And Peter, being the guy who always speaks first in the twelve disciples, says, well, you're the Son of God. You're the, you're the, the Messiah. You're the man. And Jesus is like, awesome. You're right. You got that right. Now here's what that actually means. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man, which is a term he uses for himself, which comes from the Old Testament book of Daniel, that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the law. He would be killed, but three days later he would arise from the dead. And Jesus is saying, this is what must happen. See, yeah, I am the Messiah, I am the Chosen One, I am the Son of God. And so this is what must happen to the Son of God, the Son of Man. Meaning like this is what is going to take place. I will be rejected. I will be sacrificed to take the rejection and the punishment every human has earned through their pride and their, and their selfishness of, of breaking the law of love and using other people to get what they want or as what the biblical writers refer to as sin. Jesus is saying, I will die to take the punishment for sin and I will save humanity from their sins by dying and paying that price. And then I will rise again to give everyone new life, now and forever. I will be the first to rise again so that everyone else can do that also. Which, side note, right here, we talk about this often in, this, in these episodes, Jesus is predicting his own death and resurrection. And then he actually pulled it off. And we have eyewitness historical accounts saying that he, he said he would die and rise again, and then he did. Mark is one of those. You should definitely check out Mark. It's a fast-paced, awesome book. But the main point here is the disciples don't have a category for this, this type of Messiah. Peter just said, you are the son of God. You're the man who's going to bring in the kingdom of God. And Jesus is like, you're right. And I'm totally going to die and suffer. And it's going to be awful. And then it'll be okay. He, see, we see in the gospel accounts that Jesus tells them over and over that this is going to happen. But it just doesn't compute with them. They can't, they can't wrap their minds around it. It doesn't go with their agenda, what is supposed to happen with the Messiah. See, for the disciples, the Messiah, the Son of God, is supposed to make Israel great again. Is supposed to bring the kingdom of God now and defeat all of Israel's enemies, especially Rome. And someone like that definitely wouldn't suffer and be killed, right? They would, they would conquer and rule. That's what people do when they're establishing kingdoms. They are supposed to conquer and rule. However, 
Jesus's purpose often looks very different from what we expect. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. So Peter being Peter, the spokesman tries to correct Jesus. It says he, he reprimands Jesus. Isn't that hilarious? No, no, Jesus. Come on, you don't. That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to show off your power. You're supposed to conquer. That's kind of hard to do when you're dead, Jesus. Like Paul, Peter, Peter just got done telling Jesus that, Jesus, you are the son of God. You are the Messiah. You're the chosen one. Now he's telling him what he's supposed to do, right? See, we all do this too, if you think about it. We tell Jesus he's in charge. If you're a Jesus follower, you tell Jesus he's in charge, but then we tell him what he's supposed to do for us. We tell him, oh no, but what I want you to do is this. See, the disciples, they were unwilling to accept a Messiah that would suffer. They were unwilling to accept a Messiah that would identify with our pain and our suffering. They, they were unwilling to accept that his purpose was not to destroy Rome, but to destroy something even more powerful than the Roman Empire, sin and death with his own death and resurrection. And we're the same way. We, we're just like the disciples. We are often unwilling to accept Jesus for who he really is. See, we're unable to accept a Jesus that, that doesn't line up with our agenda. Unwilling to accept a Jesus that agrees with the Republicans, some of the Republicans' positions or some of the Democrats' positions. We refuse to accept a Jesus that doesn't have the same vision for the United States that we have or, or doesn't have the same goals for our lives that we have or unable to accept a Jesus that, that, cares about, about, that cares about both poor people and rich people equally. Unable to accept a Jesus that requires us to actually give up our preferences, give up our prejudices to follow him. And we're definitely unable to accept a Jesus that tells us to love our enemies. We'll talk more about that next week. And so Jesus, being reprimanded by one of his disciples, has something to say. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. It's Peter's turn to get reprimanded. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not God's. Satan? That's harsh, Jesus. Here's the thing. Jesus is not calling Peter Satan. He's not like, you are the devil, get away. He's not calling Peter Satan. What he's doing is he's showing Satan is working through. And yes, Jesus said there was a real Satan. So I'll just go with that because, again, he predicted his own death and resurrection and pulled it off. I'm going to believe him about things I can't see. So he's saying not that Peter's Satan, but that Satan is using Peter's words to try to detour, or try to discourage Jesus from his ultimate purpose of dying and rising again. And so if you think about it, Peter had good intentions. He's like, Jesus, no, I don't want you to die. That's your, I want you to rule and reign. I want you to be king of the world. I want everyone to know the you that I know. But our good intentions can pull us away from Jesus's purpose. See, when we talk about our personal agendas, it's never like, man, I want to go hurt everybody and destroy the world. Nobody thinks that. See, our agendas often come from our good intentions. We want to make the world a better place. We want to make life better for the people we love, especially our kids. And that's where our agendas usually come from. And that's what, that's what makes our agendas, our ideas seem like good things. But the problem is, 
the same problem that Peter had, is that we're seeing things from the human perspective, not, not God's perspective. See, our agendas are what we think will make things better. Our agendas come out of what our version of what better actually means. See, our version of better is usually just the way we want things. It should just come out of our preferences, right? See, whether it's political or economic or just life's plans of career or family or finances or whatever, that we, we say that, you know, things would be better if I had the job I wanted. Things would be better if I had the spouse or the kids I actually want. Or things would be better if, if my political party were in charge. See, our agendas, we, we have good intentions, but it's usually just what we want. And so Jesus is saying to his disciples, look, you need to, if you're going to be part of this, if you're going to follow me, you need to rethink what you thought this was going to look like. You need to rethink what you thought this was going to be about. This is going to require a complete rethinking of your life. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, so they're kind of off on their own, and there's a crowd over there. He's like, hey, everybody, come listen to this. Then, calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Give up your own way and take up your cross. Which are like, oh yeah, that's so spiritual and holy. No, <laughs> that's super offensive. See, taking up your cross, the word cross did not have this religious holy connotation that we have for it now. It wasn't, there weren't pictures of crosses all over the place and be like, oh, that is a religious symbol. It's like the exact opposite. The cross was something for heinous criminals, like the worst criminals there were. It was used to be a public humiliation to show that this person is now forced to submit to the power of Rome. The cross was not a pretty thing. So to say this is super offensive. It's similar to Jesus telling us to give up our own way, sit in our electric chair, and follow me. It's, first of all, weird. And second of all, that's, that's offensive. Who? I'm not a criminal. Why would I do that? But here's a good rule for you. If the Jesus you're following doesn't offend you once in a while, you're probably not following Jesus. It's probably something else you're following. See, what Jesus is talking about here, following him, he's not talking about pious self-denial of, oh, I just can't do that because I follow Jesus. He's not talking about giving up stuff we like doing. Oh, I don't get to have fun because I'm a Christian. Or, or giving up a couple of bad habits. Or denying our personality. Or silently and stoically bearing life's troubles. And he's not talking about just being uncomfortable once in a while. And he's definitely not talking about dealing with the consequences of our selfish choices and calling it persecution. What Jesus is saying is that being my disciple means choosing to accept your life is not your own. Choosing to give up our own agendas. Choosing to give up our desire, our, our natural inclination to focus our lives on us and what we want and what we think is best. What he's saying is if you're going to be my follower, the you that lived for you, the you that lived for your agenda, what you, what you thought was supposed to be, what you thought was supposed to happen, that you, to follow Jesus, is executed in submission to Jesus' purpose. Jesus' purpose to display and tell about his love. 
See, maybe you you dreamed of a certain career or, or having a certain amount of money, which there's never enough, or, or having a certain type of family or even having a family or having a certain type of maybe easy life. Maybe you dreamed of that, but to follow him, might he might have a different or a more important plan for you. Or maybe you firmly believe in a way of making our culture and our country better, a method or a philosophy or a way of voting that makes our life, our country better. Maybe Jesus has a better way to follow him. We need to execute the us that lived for our agenda. And when he said, this is interesting, when he, Peter's still there, right? He says, take up your cross. Literally, that's going to happen for Peter. He is going to be executed for following Jesus on a cross. And he says, take up your cross, take up your electric chair, and follow me. It's an ongoing word that he uses there. Be following me. Ongoing. Every day. Every moment. Following closely behind Jesus. Living as he lived and loving as he loved. See, think about it. God himself. We believe Jesus was God. God himself submitted to his purpose. To show the world his his love through his death. He submitted to the point of death death for his purpose. What makes us think we should be any different? That our lives should be any different than following him means giving up our own preferences, our own purposes, and our own agendas. See, here is our main point for this episode. If you want to be done, here's your point. Following Jesus requires us to trade our agendas for his purpose. Following Jesus requires, it's not an option. If you want to be a Jesus follower, following Jesus requires us to trade our agendas, what we think is best, for his purpose, for what actually is best. And you might be thinking, that sounds terrible. I don't, I don't get to do what I want. I just have to do whatever Jesus wants. Like following Jesus is just suffering and, and giving things up. No, go back to episode part two of this series and see that it's not about just suffering for Jesus. But if you really think about it, what Jesus is getting at, trading our agendas for Jesus's purpose is the only way to get what we really deep down want. Jesus explains it. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? And we could get into the deep theology of soul and that type of stuff. What Jesus is saying is in reality, if you just live for your own agenda, you live for your own life, you try to grab everything for you, it gets you nothing. See, you think, and we all think this, you think that fighting and striving for these things that you want, that you think should be, will give you the life you want, will give your children the life you want for them. But it won't. See, living for ourself, grasping to and clinging to whatever we selfishly desire, whatever we think is right in our own view, isn't actually a life. See, it's if you think about it, fighting for that type of life, for what we want, for what we think is best, for what we think we need or is supposed to be, it's simply existing as, as slaves to our instincts. It's an animal existence. It's like how you go to the zoo and the lions are fighting over the piece of meat. I want that meat. No, I don't want that. We're fighting for what we want because we think that will make life better. It's just an animal existence. 
See, you're living, and when we do that, especially in, in our society, you're living in constant struggle, and in constant struggle with everyone else who's trying to do the exact same thing. And the, the biblical story, Jesus' story, is that we humans were created in the image of God to experience so much more than that, so much better than that. And so Jesus is saying, look, giving up your agenda, living for, for my purpose, following me, will give you what you actually are looking for, a true, a full, a purposeful life now and forever. See, Jesus' purpose is infinitely larger and more fulfilling than our own personal agendas. And if we're able to let go, able to let go of what we think is best, we find something so much better, so much more. See, we find a life of love, of joy, of actual peace. That has nothing to do with our circumstances or what we have or don't have. We find true purpose that is larger and longer lasting than, than anything we can imagine. See, for most of us, it's like we're, we're in a shipwreck and, and we're clinging to this piece of wood. And this piece of wood is what we think will give us the life we want, will save the life that we have. And Jesus comes in the boat. He's like, let go of that. I want to bring you into this boat. Let go of what you have. I have something better for you. You're like, no, this is what I live for. This is what I want. This is what is supposed to save me. And Jesus like, no, get in the boat. And it goes even further, see, because in our society, it's like we're all fighting over the same tiny piece of wood. I want that wood. That's going to save me. No, I want it. I want it to look this way. I want it to look that way. When Jesus is standing there with a, with a ship saying, there's room for all of you. You are invited into the ship. Stop fighting over that stupid piece of wood. And so think about it. What are you clinging to? What are you fighting for, hoping it will give you the life you're supposed to have or the life your kids are supposed to have. What agenda are you living for? Or better, whose agenda are you living for? Is it a, a dream or a hope for a certain future of like a marriage or, or retirement or kids or education or career? Is it kind of a focus on a country or a culture that looks or a life that looks like it's supposed to to you? Remember, Following Jesus requires us to trade our agendas for his purpose, aligning our lives to his purpose daily. So how do we do that? I think I got, I got three steps for you. I know there's always this step plan, but I think it's the best way to remember things. Three steps for you. First of all, I think it'd be really helpful to read and pray what Jesus says in Luke 22, 42. So this is Jesus right before he's arrested and executed, and he's, he's praying to, to the Father. And he's saying, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Take this away from me if you're willing, but ultimately, I want your will to be done, not mine. I want to submit to your purpose, not just my agenda. Read that this week for every day. It's pretty short. And pray that. Say, Father, I want your agenda, not mine. So you're thinking, okay, so we just never speak up about causes we're passionate about. And we just kind of roll over and let things... No, I'm not saying that. 
What I'm saying is we need to align our lives and our passions and our agendas with Jesus's purpose. Not Make sure it's not our agenda, it's Jesus's agenda. So how do we do that? Step two, we need to clarify the origin and motivation of these passions. Clarify the origin. Where is it coming from? Are you passionate about this because Jesus is passionate about it or because it's just what you think is supposed to be? Example, maybe you know, you want to be a doctor. I, I know, not everyone wants to be a doctor, but maybe you want to be a doctor. Either is it because God gave you a passion to help people or because you like the paycheck and maybe the prestige that comes with that. Or maybe you feel strongly about a political or social cause because either, clarify this, either it's because God gave you a heart for bringing his kingdom to earth now or because it more closely aligns with your preferred version of America. Clarify the origin. And then clarify the motivation of this passion. Why are you doing it? Is it to show love or to win? Is it to show people the mercy of Jesus or to show people they're wrong and you're right? Is it because it's your preference or because it allows God to use you to show love to one of his children that are created in his image? So clarify the origin and the motivation of this passion. And then choose to trust Jesus's heart. Maybe you realize by watching this or, or praying that your agenda, which, which seems to come from good intentions, like we said, it might not align with Jesus's purpose. And they're not bad things, right? Getting a, a certain job or promotion or, or getting married and having children or, or supporting important causes. But see, Jesus's purpose is to show you and the world his love. And maybe his purpose doesn't line up with your agenda. We can trust that his purpose for us aligns with his overall purpose to show his love. That maybe a no or, or a, a no to our agenda is not because we're bad or he doesn't love us, but because he does love us. So because of that, we don't have to worry about, well, well, what if I never get married? What if I don't have kids? What if the country goes that way? Because we can trust Jesus's purpose for us. See, if Think about it. If you're a Jesus follower, then part of that is trusting that when you die, you will be with him forever, that your sins are forgiven. You're trusting his death and resurrection to forgive you and make you new. If we can trust Jesus with our eternity, then we can trust him with our immediate future, right? If he has all eternity taken care of, we can trust him with that little bit of future that we don't know. See, we are all invited to live a life of passion and purpose. Not a life focused on our personal agendas or advancing our own views or, or getting the life we always imagined. You are invited to live for the ultimate purpose. We are all invited to align our lives with Jesus's purpose of inviting people to discover, enjoy, and share the love and the life that Jesus offers. We are invited to give up what we can't control, give up what we can't keep anyway, for a life we can never lose, a life that is held in the hands of our Heavenly Father. See, when we trade our agendas for Jesus' purpose, we find the life we were always meant to live. It's not always easy, but trust me, it's worth it. As always, I have some things to think about this week. Mm -hmm. Personally Same. challenged by the opportunity at the end there. And um, there will be a, I'll make a, there'll be a 
uh, wallpaper for your phone if you oh, want that, that verse to kind of uh, reflect on this week you can have it on the back of your cell phone so you're reminded so that's downloadable in the show notes uh, just go scroll down podcasters you know where the show notes are mm-hmm. it's all right there we have a couple of announcements that we are just gonna tell you about uh, before we sign off oh, here wait. what I think dolphins are gonna struggle with the message this week why why are dolphins gonna evolve? because they always have trouble doing things on purpose yeah I'm glad we paused for that <laughs> Gave you that opportunity for a dad joke. It could be like your dad joke of the week. That's a good. Ooh, that one. could be a new segment. Porpoise. What Our is podcasters it? will be super excited about. What does that. a porpoise sound like? <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that was good. Just me allergies. <laughs> An allergic porpoise <laughs> with purpose. Yes. All right. So we're moving on. We've what got. What is co- legitimately happening? We this legitimately week. have some announcements. Okay. Okay. So the announcements are. First of all, we have in-person gatherings that are Mm -hmm. going to be happening. So we uh, do online episodes every week. Mm -hmm. uh, And then we have small groups that meet every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have some of you are signing up for alliances, which is like a one-on-one, one-on-one, three-person thing where Mm -hmm. you're studying something in depth. Um, So that's happening. If you're interested in that, there's info on the website. But bigger, large group gatherings, Mm -hmm. like we don't meet weekly for a church service. Or jamborees. So we have parties or jamborees twice a month. So this month's are July 11th and 25th. Mm -hmm. The July 11th one is music and a potluck. So bring aside to share info in the show notes, podcasters and YouTubers, Mm -hmm. if you're in Salem or the surrounding area. And then on the 25th of July, we're going to do baptisms and picnic. So bring a picnic. We have the shelter there. It's going to be at Minto Brown Island Park. One of my favorite places in Salem. Which is one of your favorite places in Salem. So the Willamette River is there. We'll do baptisms there. If there are those that are interested, email us. Or if you want to know what baptism is about, shoot us a message. We'd love to get that going. Mm -hmm. Um, So baptisms and picnic Mm -hmm. at Minto Island Brown, July 25th, 4.30. And there's, it's just at the shelter down by parking lot number three. And there's a map on the website for you. Right. Yep. Easy to find. Should be a great time. We know people have crazy schedules with camping and stuff like that, but. Show up if you can. Hopefully you can show up yep. and enjoy these things. We'll do two more in August again on the second and fourth, second and fourth. Sunday of the month. Like clockwork. Like clockwork. Speaking of clockwork, it's July. It is. So we're gonna actually practice some PDA oh. in July. Parcel oh, delivery appreciation for your For Salem opportunity oh. this month. What is part? Parcel. Like anyone that delivers anything to your house, you can, you know. Okay, parcel. Put out a cooler with a drink for them or write them a thank you card, give them a gift card. Great. Bonus points if you install a slip and slide for them if it's a super hot day. It's been pretty hot. They Optional might slip that. and slide. It's yeah. up to you, you know. Get creative. Those Get are it on video. Those are a couple of ideas. Become TikTok famous. A show. Yeah. But no, yeah. be nice to them. Be don't, nice to them. Don't prank them. Right. I'm yeah. saying optional voluntary slip and slide. So that's our opportunity for you to be for your neighbor, for Salem. You that's can be right. for wherever you are. Uh, but thank your parcel delivery person. Yeah. Great. PDA in July. And awesome. there are changes to the website, too. I'm just helping you. There, there are. <laughs> yes. Really? There are changes to the website. Yeah. So um, we're thinking, you've got kids. Mm-hmm. They're at home. Um, you might, They might have questions about following Jesus. You might want to be able to provide content for them. We've always had web uh, videos on the kids page. Mm-hmm. Um, those videos are still there. They're still great videos. We appreciate uh, the resources that um, we are given. Right. Um, so use those resources, but also we've added some things. So be sure to check out the kids page because we've added additional resources for kids and for parents. 
and I think it's worth checking out. Yeah. Yep. And if you have ideas, like if you want to add something, you can let us, let us know. And if you have kids who are above grade six, like grades six through 12, uh, we do have youth events this summer for them too. All of this is in the show notes, but I just put in a bug in your ear right. to check Think it out. It. If you've got a middle schooler or a high schooler, we have a few more events this summer planned for them. There's stuff. They're going to be great. Mm -hmm. Yep. We're going to do our giveaways a little different this week. Uh, you're going to have to check out social media to see who wins. Mm. Uh, but we are doing, we gave away to Furbish already. Check. Who last won that? week. Mary S. Wow. Won her Furbish Lucky. gift card. And Furbish is a great place. Check it out. And then we're going to give away Shades of Brew this weekend, mm. which is also their grand opening New spot. weekend. So check them out on social media too. All of this will be up there. Um, but it's a great new tap house in Northeast Salem. Mm -hmm. And again, they're, they've been done a soft opening, but now it's their grand opening. Yep. We're excited for them. We're going to give away $25 and you can enter to win on social media or by emailing us. Awesome. So Facebook, Instagram, email, mm -hmm. check it out. And that's it. Questions? Yeah. Coming up to that's discuss it. in your groups or with a partner or in an alliance or with your kids. Or with yourself. Or with yourself or journal. That's right. That's right. Happy summer. See you soon. See you at a party. Jamboree. Bye. Bye. Hey, it recorded. <clears throat> Yay. Is it flippity flip or flippity flop? Yeah. You could say flippity flip. Flippity flip. Insert Michael Scott. Flippity flip. See you on the flippity flip. Catch you on the flippity flip. Flippity flip. Really?